there's an old saying that goes like this. Hindsight is 2020. You can't argue with that if you live for a while because you understand the importance of that and the reality of what it is saying. And it is also true in the life of those who give and love and sacrifice, who are attempting to improve on yesterday's gifts and tomorrow. Today we're going to look at the idea and the concept of the faithfulness of women in the past so that we can learn from them. And I want to look at a woman who was very special, yet we don't know a lot about her. You see, Amram and Jochebed got married, and it was a very simple thing. They were not significant. They were not important. But somehow, Jochebed's faith was remarkable. Because she lived in a day when you didn't have a son. The Pharaoh had already said that all male children were to die. And she looked at that child that she had, and she saw that it was just not an ordinary child, but an extraordinary child. Now you say to yourself, all moms say that about their children. Of course they do. But she spoke in a very special language, for she used a word that was used by God when he looked on his creation. After he had created each day and he said, it is good. And she used that same Hebrew word. For she looked on her son and she understood that God had given her something very special. And her faith and her faithfulness changed the entire world. Being a mother can be a thankless and sometimes an undervalued job. To be sure, being a mother is seldom full of glamour and glitz. From the moment you enter the world, you're busy and you're working and you're serving. And your patience is stretched beyond anything reasonable. Used to be a television show called Dirty Jobs, and I watched it several times as much as I could handle people crawling up sewers and feeding pigs and cleaning out their styes and taking care of all sorts of animals like emus and ostriches that didn't want to be cared for. The sacrifice of those who would go and would put in light bulbs in towers that are hundreds of feet in the air to those who would crawl underground to clean out a water line so lizards would be able to be hydrated. But you know, there's one thing that that man never had on his show, and I don't know why. I think it's because he probably didn't have the strength to, to undergo it. He never spent a day being a mom. He didn't understand the courage it would take. He didn't understand that you could go from a very happy, pleasant moment to immediately having a crisis on your hands, and you had to handle it and go back to normal, literally, in the next moment. Moms are special, and on this Mother's Day, we will consider the faithfulness of several women, not only the mother of Moses, but let's think about this adoptive mother. Let's think about the midwives that would have been killed if it was found out that they would not allow babies to die. The sacrifices they made were remarkable. 
the midst, in the midst of this story, we realize that the Pharaoh was not just a simple man. He was Ramses II, the most powerful man in the world in his day. Ramses the Great ruled for 66 years from 1279 B.C. to 1213 B.C. What an amazing situation. He captured the world and controlled it, and it was under his thumb. He was probably one of the greatest pharaohs of Egypt. The length of his reign was unprecedented, and his accomplishments were unparalleled. But he also had an ego that was larger than the Sphinx. For he would go up and be very brutal to those that he cared for. He was a taskmaster. He was not kind to the Israelites. It was said that the quota of an average Israelite slave in Egypt up in the land of Goshen where they made bricks, they had to make a minimum of 3,000 bricks a day per each slave. He loved monuments with his name on them. And he placed his name on monuments that were not even built for him, but for others. He was an amazing man, but an amazing man in the sense that he was so self-centered in all that he accomplished. But the people around him carried the story that was remarkable. His rough treatment of the Hebrew people, he thought, was gaining something that would benefit him. He didn't realize that he was actually running a boot camp to prepare them for a 40-year journey across the wilderness to go home. He didn't realize that he was preparing them to look back and to see a God that they had not seen in 400 years. Yet their faith grew and expanded and it reached out in a mighty way. The heroes of this story are women who are willing to defy the most powerful man in the world because they in their heart believed that God would be behind them, around them, and before them in all that they would accomplish. The name of Moses' mother appears only a few chapters later in Exodus 6. And we know about the mother and father. We're not told how long she lived. But we know this. Amram lived to be 137 years old. You know by your calculations already that Moses lived to be 120 years old. But here's what's amazing about this story. God allowed these people to live in such a way that when they looked in retrospect at the past, they saw an amazing faith, an amazing faithfulness of a God that led them. I don't believe they had any idea what they were truly doing. I, I believe that when, when, when Jochebed looked at that, that child that she had birthed, she loved it as any mother would love it, but she also felt a tingle of God's Holy Spirit speaking to her and inferring to her that the work you do has amazing repercussions on the life of your culture and the future of mankind. What an amazing thing to do. So I want to think this morning for a little while about what went on in the life of that young man. As that baby floated there, and you know, I don't know about you, but I, I grew up studying about the Nile River. If I remember, they had these little lizards in there called crocodiles, and they weren't little. 
Now, first and foremost, I wouldn't put my child out there around that, but an amazing faith caused an amazing woman to trust God. The first thing I want to think about is this. Looking back, the midwives defied the most powerful man in the world. They risked their lives, but because of faith, they did that. They had a trust in God, and they saw a value of human life that even the most powerful man in the world could not see. I've always been disheartened to realize that some of the strongest, mightiest people that have ever ruled sections of this world have been very brutal and very unkind to many people. You can name off the different tyrants over the centuries and the millions of people that they have slaughtered. Yet we have a God who numbers the hairs of our head and sees each one of us as significant for He makes each one different and has a purpose and a place for all of us. And in saying that, I'll just simply say this. If you were to divide up the personalities involved in the beginning of this story, you would have to take the name of Ramses the Great and place it beside supreme evil and the lives of these midwives and place them beside God for they truly were doing the work of God, protecting the most innocent in society. We as a culture must do that. It is required of us we cannot be brutal and unkind to those who cannot help themselves. We must love them, nurture them, protect them in any way possible. For each and every person that is born is made in the image of God and has a purpose in this world in which they live. It is at times when we face the most difficult decisions when we must put the well-being of others before ourselves. And that's exactly what these women did. This is really the true test of faithfulness. That in the midst of the storm, what will you do to survive? Over the last few months, we've discovered several things. Number one, that there's not a magic room in the back of our grocery stores that produce everything. For we're seeing something now that we've not seen in our lifetimes. Empty shelves. Uh, I never panicked over the lack of toilet paper. We always keep that stock because I have three adult children that never grew up. And you have to have extra supplies. But I've been amazed at how people have panicked and gone after things like this. And the reality is it's in times like this that our faith should expand and grow and we should trust a God unseen for the things that are seen. For truly He is there for us. He protects us. And he watches over us. When people think about the last few months and what we've gone through, no one was prepared for this. The generation that lived through this in 1918 are gone. And there's just a shadow of those who, who understand what it's all about. But truly, God protects us in the storm in a mighty way. And sometimes the storms come along because it's in the sunshine that we never thank God for what we have. And we don't recognize the safety that He places with us. I'm thankful that God is there for us, even in times like this. These midwives risk everything. Not just a comfortable job, but life and the lives of their own children 
This kind of faithfulness that we see in them foreshadows something powerful when we see the faithfulness of Christ when the Messiah comes for all. Oswald Chambers, the great devotional author and Christian thinker, wrote, Watch where Jesus went. The one dominant note in his life was to do his Father's will. His is not the way of wisdom or success, but the way of faithfulness, always and only. Indeed, a mother is faithful. She's faithful to her child, putting aside every dream and desire that she has because she understands the importance of that. When the child is grown, they're not neglected or overlooked. A whimper or cry from an adult child and a sadness they're going through releases within the mother an instinct that is so powerful and so real and so overwhelming. It's only found in the heart of God when we pray to Him. And we have to be a people that understand the importance of that. A mother who is faithful to her child is the embodiment of the very love of Christ. Christ's love was sacrificial, always giving. In 1 Thessalonians 5.24 it says, He who calls you is faithful, who also will do it. Moms have a way of doing things that, that, that dads wouldn't even anticipate or consider. Moms will take a schedule of a day that is absolutely packed with responsibilities and no space for anything else. And when a child has a need, they somehow find a way to meet that need, to be there and to fulfill their destiny. And in their life, there is the teaching of what we're to be. I want to repeat again that, that Jochebed used a word when she looked at her baby boy. The word good there is tuab in the Hebrew, and it's only used by God describing creation. And then looking at mankind and saying he's very good, she was reflecting on the power of that in the presence of God in the birth of that child in such an unfortunate time. For babies were being slaughtered Male babies, all of them. She spared her child from the knife. But why? Because she loved her child? Absolutely. But because she felt the moving of God for her to sacrifice everything. In the midst of a community where people were sacrificing their male children regularly. Jochebed had to let go of Moses for God to bless him. And that's such a powerful truth because one of the most difficult things is to let go of someone that we love. I think if I had to credit mothers with one situation they have more problems with than any other is letting go of a child. It's tough. It's difficult. Sometimes it seems almost impossible because at any given moment you need to jump back in there and help them. I can remember one day sitting at, at lunch at the downtown or talking to the Sanhedrin, my three ladies that I had lunch with every Monday morning. 
And I was explaining to them because uh, in the midst of our conversation, uh, a question came up. The question from Vivian Taylor was this. She said, what is a helicopter mom? Because she had read it in, in a magazine. They'd use that term. What is a helicopter mom? And I said, well, a helicopter mom is a modern term that's used to describe how some mothers hover over their children. And the moment I said that, the two ladies looked over at Elizabeth Driggers and smiled. I remember what she said. She said, don't look at me. I'm not that way. Then they laughed. She looked at me and she said, am I a helicopter mom? I said, Miss Elizabeth, you're not a helicopter mom. You're a Huey Cobra mom. She said, what is that? And I said, well, a Huey Cobra is a military helicopter that's prepared to kill anything in its path that, that disturbs what it's watching after. And she kind of smiled. She said, yeah, I am that way, aren't I? I said, yes, you are. Moms are that way. They're supposed to be that way. They're created that way because they create. That child is not just something that they've produced. It's not like a good or service that, that a workman would produce. It's a part of them. It will always be a part of them. When they look at that child, they're looking at themselves and they understand the importance of that. But in the midst of all of that, the most difficult thing they will ever do is to let go and stand back. Looking back, Jochebed had a great faith in God. A great faith. For she not only brought forth a child that brought her great joy, she had to let go of it. She had to say, God, it's yours. I can't be there. And how she did that, I'll never know. You see, papyrus was something like cattails, only a little more solid. And she had to go out in the reeds among all the, the, the growth there on the edge of the, the Nile River and pick these and pluck these. And then she had to put them together and make a basket. With every layer that she plaited together, there were prayers to God to protect the baby that would be in there. As she took the pitch and lined it, seeing that it was perfectly watertight, she thought about what would be floating just below this basket with her baby in there. She prayed that God would give her child a quietness of nature to protect it from anything that was not of human nature that would be around and to give it a voice at just the right time that hope would come in and save it. And that's what she did. She looked at that little boy that she had carried in her arms that she loved dearly, and she laid him in that basket, not knowing if she would ever see him again. And in doing so, she entrusted him totally and absolutely to the God that they had not heard from in 340 years. What an amazing faith is this. Sometimes God speaks to us early in the morning and then we forget about Him in the afternoon. 
Sometimes we read His Word and find hope, and then later in the day, we're hopeless. Yet this woman reached back through the generations for almost twice the length of the existence of the United States of America. She looked back, and she believed, and she trusted. We know that not all Israelites that were slaves trusted Him. For when they were finally delivered by the deliverer, they wanted to go back to Egypt. God was so disheartened by the the, the attitude of many of the Egyptians. You know the story. Every Egyptian that walked out of bondage and through the Red Sea, every one that expressed discontent and and frustration died on the journey there. Except for a handful that God preserved who had faith in Him. God works that way. And faith in Him has to be focused in such a powerful way. Jochebed knew how to let go, but she also knew how to trust God. She understood that God had not brought her that far down the road of life to let go of her at that moment. It occurs to me that Jochebed was not only a faithful woman, but she was a wise woman. She planned this out carefully, and she sought God's direction in all things. Proverbs 31 talks about the virtuous woman and says she opens her mouth with wisdom and on her tongue is the law of kindness. How ironic it is that God used the very house of Pharaoh as a home for the man that would one day deliver the children of Israel. How unusual it is for God to do that. I'll tell you this, don't ever forget it. Satan is not only defeated, but he is humiliated by those who have faith in God. Because many a sharp sword that's cut through the bitterness of life and the hardness of what we go through has been sharpened on the devil's grindstone. God has a way of using all things to his benefit. And he used the house of Pharaoh long before he taught the Egyptians a lesson on their gods. I've told you before, one of the most beautiful stories to me is the reality that the plagues that are brought upon the people of Egypt are not just plagues that he plucked out of the sky. God took the ten gods worshipped by the Egyptian people from the least to the greatest and One by one, he destroyed their pantheon of faith. The final God being the God Pharaoh himself. And his son who would take over the dynasty to lead the people forward, he died. By the time the children of Israel left Egypt, not only did they leave and take with them certain possessions, but they also took away from them all the gods that they worshipped. They were left with nothing. God has a way of working that way.
But lastly, I want you to realize this. In the rearview mirror, Pharaoh's daughter prepared the deliverer for the children of Israel. It was in her arms that he grew up. It was by her side that he learned the lessons of leadership. It was her words that strengthened him. This is how he was prepared to be a great leader. Though Moses' mother was not the daughter of a king, she was blessed nonetheless. Moses' mother was blessed because she let go and she allowed her son to make a difference. Abraham Lincoln said one time, no man is poor who has had a godly mother. And Jochebed was a godly woman who trusted her God and believed his word. When Moses learned of his true identity, it was not the riches of the palace of Pharaoh that he fell in love with. It was the faithfulness of God which made him powerful. And that's the faithfulness that changed him. Many a young man and woman go to sleep dreaming that, that they could be the son or daughter of a billionaire. Moses was, and he rejected it. Heartily and handily, because he understood that God's destiny for him was more than that. There have been many rich people in the world over the millennia. Most are forgotten. But Moses is remembered. For he did not step out of the framework of what God gave him through the mothers in his life. The foster mother as well as the birth mother. And today we learn a lesson of faithfulness through the moms in our life for what they've given and what they've done and what they continue to give. For truly they change our lives. Thank God for mothers who not only hear the voice of their children, but hear the voice of God and obey. Let us pray. <coughs> Father, I thank you that as we reflect back on life, we understand the importance of what you have given to us, how you blessed us in so many ways. And we understand that in that blessing, we are given something extra special, which is a faith that will never fail us. We learn from our moms and our grandmothers the reality of what you would have us to do. And we thank you for those lives that have changed us. And may we be a people who continue to be change agents in the life of those that we know. God bless each and every person that hears this message. And may their heart, their life, and their minds be transformed <coughs> into your image. Father, speak to someone today who needs to focus on what you have given to them in a greater way. And may they be faithful to that. Lord, we know it's not the aisle you walk down that really changes you. It's the heart that is move toward God that changes us. And may we be willing to do that even in this hour. For it's in your holy name we do pray. Amen.